KG, and this is not safe for network. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. What's in the box? What's in the box? Montucky Skies. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. I'm Edward Norton. Okay, we're recording this time. Are I promise. we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> okay. So Zach came in and sat with us. Who are you? I am currently Edward Norton. Previously, I was Zach, and before that, I was Sigourney Weaver. This is our how's third. Your, try. How's your uh, humanities app working? <laughs> <laughs> Zach's visiting from LA, which we forgot to explain on the second start. You'll never hear. <laughs> Listen to this. That's the fault. That's three heavy scotches in my gullet. That's why I screwed up. I'm so sorry, guys. And I mean you two. A little bit to the audience. It was a good podcast. It was. So that far. was a strong 40 minutes we laid down. And then a, and a strong was, two and a half we laid down. <laughs> We basically laid down a, a full episode in two parts. <laughs> okay, quick recap. Zach doesn't like the Joker. Don't. Don't like the club. Did you want to rehash I mean, honest time? to God, I'm not going to do it a third time. I'm just not. <laughs> if anyone wants to know my awesome point about why Jared let hit his Joker. Hit us up on Facebook. Yeah, hit us up on Facebook. I'll tell you why it's a dumb idea to have the Joker own a club. Yeah, Zach doesn't want to get fired. I think we have, yeah, we have established that. I like my job and I'd like to keep it. Yeah, uh, Stragoni Weavers and the Defenders. We all like Luke Cage so far. We're one episode in with Brandon. Two to four. Two, two to four, to four <laughs> with Zach. <laughs> Who may or may not have had scotches while he's watching. <laughs> There's no may or may not have. There's a for sure did. I finished my run. I watched the Iron Giant. Uh, I cried, cried yeah. uh, which resulted in my whole family crying. Aaron Donaldson did not cry. <laughs> Listen, to Alien Movie Project. It's real I'm good. not even sure if this. If I already said this on the recap or not. <laughs> We are killing it right now. This is going to be a hell of an episode, guys. (laughs) Buckle up. Assuming this is ever heard. Nobody likes Suicide Squad even less on on rewatches. Not even rewatches, just Just thinking thinking. about it. Yeah, Yeah. just thinking about it. On rewatches, it's probably pretty good still. (laughs) Probably. But thinking about it. Yeah. Okay, let's cut to some news that we haven't covered here. We're going to get into fresh ground here. Okay, so Kevin Feige, I'm going to read two statements here. One he said a year ago, and then what he just recently said. So just bear with me for a second. So a year ago, he was restating his Marvel origin stance, which we talked about on the show a lot, about how he didn't want to do origin stories for superheroes. He said, I think people are bored of origin stories. They've seen the origin stories that are overly familiar. Doctor Strange has one of the best, most classic, most unique origin stories of any hero we have. So why wouldn't we do that? That was always sort of the plan. How, <clears throat> how you tell that origin, perhaps there are ways to twist it or play with that. But for the most part, it's a gift when the comics have something with such clarity of story, story and character. That doesn't always happen in comics. And when it does, you use it. 
So today he was quoted as saying, Panther is not really an origin story since we already saw him in Civil War, but his standalone certainly introduces you to 99% of the world you never saw. And Captain Marvel is certainly an origin. It's an origin story from the start. So we are in for another origin story and kind of an origin story with the Panther, I think. I think the... So what I'm getting is it's sort of like now a flexibility with it. Like, yeah. they're taking a lot of things into account, like how well-known the character is, how well-known the origin is, whether the character's been seen before in the movies. Like, I, for Spider-Man Homecoming, it's not going to be an origin. No. Full no. stop, period. Like, we all know it at this point. Dude, they with Doc- really didn't even do the origin in Civil War, no. which is like, kudos to them, man. Exactly. Like, he's at the beginning of his career and that's all you really get and with spider-man that's all you need to know like we all know spider-man at this point even if you don't know the details <laughs> if you're not of you've got five movies you can catch up <laughs> yeah exactly and two of them are origin stories <laughs> with two what? of them are origin stories two of them are piggybacking <laughs> off of origin stories five of them are villain origin stories <laughs> <laughs> with like seven villains origins <laughs> Did Just I get really that number right? It's got to be somewhere. I think you might have underplayed eight. it. It might be like, <laughs> well, we got Green Goblin twice, right? Well, two different Green Goblins. <laughs> we got Green Goblin and Hobgoblin, <laughs> right. didn't we? Yeah. No, we didn't get oh. a Hobgoblin yet. We've never gotten Hobgoblin. How's mm. that possible? I mean, first of all, Hobgoblin's a dumb word. That's true. <laughs> so we're starting. Yeah, you can't just make right a there. character by adding hob to something. <laughs> you know, uh, I said on a podcast a while ago, um, and this is going back like literally years. But I said that Spider-Man's rogue gallery isn't as strong as everybody talks about. And my buddy Archie Broadbent, he was talking on Facebook and he was bringing up like who has the best villains gallery and we we're trying to figure it out. Uh, it's That's easy. Best villains gallery. It's really a question of who has the second best because the best is obviously Batman. Yeah. 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 And that's where I fell on it. That's where he fell on it. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, it's not Spider-Man. I started thinking about all the great villains Spider-Man had and then everybody else and nobody even comes close. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally like Batman is like a number one Mm -hmm. and then like a ways down half or like half the distance down is Mm Spider-Man and then everybody else is towards the bottom. I'd still put Superman as like he's got some good a very distant third. Yeah, a very distant third. And then the, the field is behind Superman. Yeah, I could go with that. Yeah, because there is some iconic, uh, like a few iconic yeah. villains. And sp- like, I mean, Superman, Lex Luthor but... alone, especially if you're sort of yeah. weighting the importance, like Lex Luthor is gigantic. I think if we're going to separate anyone else from the pack, it would have to be the Fantastic Four. Because yeah. you get Doom and Dr. Galactus. Doom. Yeah, yeah. Galactus. So with those two. The Silver alone, Surfer count? Not for really. For portions, maybe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Every mostly now and then, not. Yeah. Just because he's tied to Galactus. Right. And then, yeah, you get other, like, weird outer space. So, like, it's definitely, like, that's the top four in order and with a heavy gap between the top two and everybody else. Yeah. And Batman with a big lead on Spider-Man. So, I recant on what I said about Spider-Man. It was literally because I was thinking of Batman's um, thing. Like, ba- like and I'm, I really mean this. Like, Batman's B-list, if you go through it, his B-list destroys spider-man's Mm a-list like it really does you sit there and look at like spider-man's best villain probably venom is that fair to say it's either venom Venom or green goblin yeah yeah and throw in carnage on there yeah but carnage is carnage has the issue of being too much like you know what you know what carnage is he's he's a mix-up like he's a mashup 
it's very appropriate the area he came out in because he's basically a mashup of Venom and the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, what if we have yeah. Venom, but the Joker had the symbiote? Is basically yeah. what. And what, what if Carnage also was. the guy who gets that symbiote was a Trump voter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We said some shit about Trump. Oh, yeah. It actually did. wasn't nearly as bad as, no. like, I'm selling it. No, but. honestly, the shit I said about Mark Burnett was way worse. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the gift that keeps on giving, though, because now that's not recorded. Yeah. So you're totally so I'm, off. The I'm hook. in the clear. Because <laughs> Zach's in the biz now. We sort of established. Yep. We're not going to say who he works for. No. <laughs> All we're going to say is that if biggs brandon or i get any sort of notoriety we are deleting heavy swaths of the podcast (laughs) (laughs) okay so doubling back so we talked about panther a little bit what about captain marvel do you think that's a good idea to to do an origin story definitely yeah i'm gonna be honest i read comics i've read several like many Mm -hmm. with captain marvel um, I have no idea what her origin story is unless it's the newest Captain Marvel. I can fill it in. Um, do you mean the newest Miss Marvel? Yeah. Because Carol oh, is Danvers is the newest yeah, Captain yeah. Okay. Marvel. Okay. Uh, but in any case, her origin story, um, the basic origin story, I'm not even going to get too much into it. Like people can read Wikipedia because there's also yeah. been sort of developments to her origin and she took on other names because at various points in her history, she was uh, just... Carol Danvers, she was Ms. Marvel. Well, she was she Sword? Was binary. That, or am I mixing that up with DC? Uh, Sword, she ran around with for okay. a little while, yeah, yeah. but that was a weird dalliance more recently. She was binary. She had a huge run in the X-Men. In fact, Rogue, part of Rogue's origin is that she stole her powers from Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with there. What I am kind of intrigued by is that this is the first time Marvel has a really interesting opportunity. And that Captain Marvel, uh, the Carol Danvers Captain Marvel, her initial origin is tied to a different Captain Marvel, a character named Marvel, uh, who was huge in Marvel comics. He actually is one of the few people who stayed dead for a long period of time. Um, and he, he got came space back cancer. with the invasion. Yeah, thing, right? with the secret invasion. He got space cancer. And basically, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, space got her powers. Space cancer. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's space cancer. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> um, she got her powers from him. Um, but because they haven't introduced him, and I don't know whether or not they even want to bother with that because it's so similar to the Green Lantern origin where like a uh, space cop comes down seems to be dying, transfers their powers. I think they have an interesting opportunity to adapt that origin and sort of create a new origin for her, unique to the movies, Mm -hmm. which is something they haven't gotten to do yet. Like, really create a unique origin for a character that's unique to the movies. Yeah, I was trying to think of that, and I'm coming up with zero, so I think you're right. There's not one of them that they've done it with. And that's a really, really special opportunity. Yeah. To like, this is the first time the MCU will have full control of a character story from beginning to end instead of adapting what already happened in the comics. Now, they may adapt some version of the Marvel thing, but they have a chance to do something really unique. And that explains to me why they might want to do hers as a full origin. Whereas with Black Panther, you know who he is, you know what motivates him, you know what drives him, you know what he can do. So it's not an origin story in that sense. It's really more to him, I think. Developing the character. Exactly. Backfilling in things. It's like, okay, so now you know this guy and what he can do and what he's about. Now let's tell you where he came from. And not in the very like literal point A to point B to point C, but like this is the world he came up in. This is like his realm. It's extending the Marvel Universe. Exactly. It's Maybe I'm mistaken in this, but 
it would seem to me that phase three off of what I've seen, which is what one movie, one movie so far. So let's make some real wild speculation. Yeah. (laughs) But based off of the one movie I've seen and all the things coming up, it seems like the purpose of phase three is to take the established characters and put them under a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. with each other. That's the first part of it. The second part of it is to expand the universe. So you got Doctor Strange coming in. You're doing the mystical stuff. It seems like they're going to explore a lot more with Guardians of the Galaxy. The Thor stuff. They're um, going to open up tons of that world. Yeah. A buddy cop movie with the with the Hulk. Did we talk about the Thor short movie? Yeah. I know you guys did. Yeah, we did. We, did we? No. 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 Uh, excellent. I really want Daryl to show up in that movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, that would be great. <laughs> Please give us Daryl. <laughs> More Daryl. Give Daryl his own movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, just put in Thor short movie. I'm yeah. sure it'll come up somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> they're like the visual comedy alone. It's the alone office is with the Thor. Yeah. yeah. I, I still, that kills me. I know I said my, on my the podcast, wa- but the, we, uh, the vacuuming around Molnar because <laughs> he can't move Molnar is hilarious. My uh, wife hadn't seen that. So I was just flipping through trailers the other night looking for stuff. And I'm like, oh, you haven't seen this yet? You're in for a ride. <laughs> and and then later they die. watched it. No. <laughs> the visual comedy is so Three funny. Three scotches, in that. folks. Yeah. <laughs> like having Mjolnir, his own little bed that gets tucked into. <laughs> yeah. Anything on the whiteboard that, sh- that Thor has where he's tracking down the Infinity Stones. Like if you pause it and look at the notes, they're all hysterical. Especially the bit where he moves the paper and it's Mjolnir holding a little Thor. <laughs> It's hysterical. I did see that. There's so much good stuff. I don't know that I ever looked at his flow chart. Oh, yeah. Look at the flow chart. It's great. Like some of the lists of various. Oh, it's so funny. But also, this is a great chance to talk about Taika Watiti, who is a hysterical New Zealand director. He's directing Thor Ragnarok. Uh, he made a great vampire movie called What We Do in the Shadows. Did you guys watch that? I haven't heard of it. I've heard of it. I don't think I've seen it yet. You should watch it. It's I don't hysterical. think I've seen it. Yet. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. You should watch it. It's basically it's a mockumentary about this house of vampires living together in like suburban New Zealand and their lives. Uh, it's got Jermaine Clement from Fight of the from Fri- Flight of the Concords. Oh, that's where Reese I heard Darby of it. Yeah. from Flight of the Concords. A bunch of other really funny yeah, people. Yeah, I heard a, an interview with uh with uh what's his face from Flight of the Concords. Jermaine Darby. Yeah, Jermaine. Jermaine yeah. Clement. Yeah. Jermaine. No R. Jermaine. Sorry. Jermaine. I know. I'm very I'm a stickler I for that. I say Jermaine. Of course, cuz right. Jermaine's a real name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Jermaine. I take that back. I really respect you. <laughs> um have you ever seen the the movie made? Uh, oh God, it's like Eagle Claw versus Tiger Shark or something. I can't even remember. I mean, if it's called that, I for sure would remember having seen it. It's not exactly called that, but it's something close. The only movies, but it's it's a romantic comedy, but it has this crazy like action movie like kung fu kind of title. It's a really this. funny movie though. Um, I, I heavily recommend I'll it. Look into it. You guys should watch what Just we do. Just look at his IMDb because I I mangled the name. I'm sure, <laughs> but it's something like Tiger Claw versus <laughs> Eagle. Claw. No, Tiger. I don't know. Tiger something, eagle something. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's called Tiger something, eagle something. What we do in the sure shadows is right up anyone who listens to this podcast, Ali. Like, it takes all the tropes of all the vampire stories from as far back as, like, the tales about uh, um, Vlad the Impaler through Bram Stoker's Dracula all the way up to, like, the Twilight tropes. 
and sort of throws them all together in this really funny way. They have a fun rivalry with werewolves. Um, and basically the thrust of the story is that this like young New Zealand hipster accidentally finds his way into the house and they bring him in and make him a vampire. And it's sort of, he is, is that, like, is that Jermaine? No, Jermaine is already a vampire. He's like from the Victorian area and he's hysterical. There's also a bit where like he turns into a cat and it's just a cat with Jermaine's face CGI'd over the cat's face. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but Taika Watiti also made a movie that just came out called Hunt for the Wilder People, which is really cute, really sweet. It's basically a road movie about this like dorky little kid and uh, Sam Neill from Jurassic Park yeah, I know Sam. running around um, doing it's basically like a road movie sort of coming of age adventure and if he takes like the knowledge of sci-fi fantasy tropes from what we do in the shadows with the sort of road movie coming of age stuff from hunt for the wilder people with the superhero stuff from Marvel and his trademark humor that he shows off in that what Thor was doing during civil war short there's a decent there's an outside chance that Thor Ragnarok is the best movie in phase three. Now, I don't know. That, obviously, I don't know that it'll be that way. And there's a, there's so many good the stuff in phase three. The concept of it seems amazing. Right? <laughs> and knowing that this guy with this weird sense of humor is in control of it, and he can play to Chris Hemsworth's strengths, and he can play to Mark Ruffalo's strengths, because Mark Ruffalo is all strengths, and anyone who can read can play to Mark Ruffalo's strengths. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Chris Hemsworth has been proving lately that uh, mm -hmm. he's really good at comedy. Did He's you really good at comedy? Did you uh, follow the Ghostbusters train? Um, we haven't talked to you about since. Yeah, there's a lot came. of stuff I want to ask you your opinion on. So we got to play catch up. Okay, let's play catch up about Ghostbusters. Let me give you just some, uh, some for personal reasons. Um, I'm trying to figure out how much to say. I did talk to you guys about this off mic, but I know someone who is involved, no sort of tangentially, I'm not like crazy close with her or anything, but I know someone who's involved with the movie at a pretty deep level. And I have not seen the movie yet because if he ever asked me uh, what I thought of it and I find out I didn't like it, that's not a conversation I want to have with him. Yeah. So I still have not seen it. I actually, my general thoughts are this. I thought the trailer looked really bad. Like it just seemed so unfunny to me, but I also know it's just a, it's a comedy movie trailer. Um, I want it to succeed. Like I like everybody involved in the cast and I want it to do well. Um, I think a lot of the criticism of it was so obviously like misogynistic and sexist and yeah. like gatekeepery in a really gross way. But yeah, I also and there feel was like no key master in that whole conversation. <laughs> no, not at all. But I also then felt like, the, because that like misogynist voice was so loud, it drowned out people's legitimate concerns. And I can't say criticisms again because I haven't seen it, but mm. concerns going into the movie before it had been released. And because there there was that sexist misogynist contingent that was so gross, it caused a backlash where people then said anyone who was criticizing or concerned about the movie for any reason must be part of that larger group. Right. When there was a small segment of people like, no, I don't care whether or not it does well. I'm just like, when I see this trailer, this, 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 and this concern me. And it became a weird battleground. And at a certain point, yeah. like the story of that movie was no longer about that movie. The story of that movie was about how people perceived the movie, which I think really it sucks. Like it took away from what should have just been. We had a to fun talk about movie. it a lot on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it, it was impossible to avoid when you do this. I yeah. mean, um, I really feel like if you sit down to watch it, 
you're just gonna fall in love with Kate McKinnon's I mean, performance. She's so great. She's she so is, funny. And she is like she is amazing in this movie. She is so funny. And just the little subtle things she does, I think, makes the movie worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on about it, but really, like, I think that that's the thing to focus She's on. The that's the point. best thing yeah. in the movie, I think, is, like, Kate McKinnon. And that's what everyone says. And Kate McKinnon, she her talent is so incredibly evident just on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and she's the breakout for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I don't watch a ton of SNL, but, you know, every now and then you'll see a sketch come through when I'm just like... She is on such a level above everybody else on that show that I figure she has to be amazing when given that kind of platform to yeah. work from. Yeah, she really knocks it out of the park. But okay, uh, what about Stranger Things? How do you feel about Stranger? Stranger Things, Things. haven't watched yet. Um, I, I did. and I'm curious because like you don't necessarily have the built-in nostalgia oh, that me and Brandon do. For I mean, a like, lot I know you've seen a lot of the stuff, but you also didn't, like, get inundated like we did. Like, we Yeah, I mean, it. it's you know kind of I mean? hard yeah. to say whether or not I do without having seen it. And the reason I haven't seen it has nothing to do with that. I really, really want to watch it. I actually almost started watching it. Uh, my girlfriend watched all of it, and she was like, you, you will absolutely love this. I guarantee you'll love it. There was a period where I didn't have internet. So oh, I yeah, wouldn't watch it. <laughs> and now that I have it, like, I don't want to start it and have it. Like, I want to dedicate a Saturday, wake up at 10. I, I won't lie to you, I get real stony. And just, <laughs> just watch Stranger Things from start to finish on a Saturday. And, like, that's the way I want to experience that story. And without being able to experience it that way, like, I'm sort of coming up with I'll the be honest. You might want to. Well, I don't know. Like, maybe it's because I don't binge watch like I used to. But that's a show that, like, I like to watch one or two and then step away a little bit and then watch one or two. Because I feel like there's some things that might get too repetitive if you watch it all in one big yeah. chunk. Like, gotten, I think that's a one that actually might do pretty well. I've, on like from the people viewings. I've talked to about it, I've gotten like a 50-50 split of yeah. people who are like, you should definitely just binge this. Like, it's not going to help you to spread it apart. And then other people who are like, this is a show that needs to breathe a little bit and let you sort of think about it and let it let some time pass in between. Not a ton. But yeah, I, and I think like Winona Ryder is so good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like she... Uh, she can be draining when you watch multiple episodes yeah. because she's just like, she's operating on a level that none of the other actors are operating on. And that's not insulting the other actors. It's just when she does it, she's like, she's a grieving mother and yeah. like it comes out full on. So because of that and because she's really like the star of the show, whether they meant that or not, almost better to like watch no more than maybe two and I, then let it breathe from what so i watched it in about three three or four episodes it's chunks. like what there's eight only episodes, eight, right so i so watched yeah, it in, two a chunk. yeah yeah i watched it in like three three two or something like that. maybe yeah, i watched it in like go. one and then i was like oh my wife's gotta watch this <laughs> so i watched it in one and then we watched like the first two and then I watch like three mm-hmm. and then I watch it two and then we save the last one for when everybody could sit down yeah. and it was almost like I didn't want to finish it totally yeah I, I it's weird I don't get like that with shows very often but that one I was just like oh god like it's totally gonna get renewed because of all the buzz but like I just don't want yeah, you don't want it to be gone yeah <laughs> and dude that last episode is fucking great too See, it really I, is thing back on it because I watched one and two and one again <laughs> in the first night because I like watched the first episode or first two episodes and I'm like, 
I love this so much. I got to get my wife in on this. So yeah, I still like, that's what I did we're too. started all over. You guys well, are I making watched, the greatest case for marriage yeah. anyone's ever made. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I watched the first episode and I was like, my wife and all the kids can watch this. Like I was like, they can watch it and they'll probably like it. And I think, I think most of them liked it. I, I don't think river got in on it, but I think everybody else like liked it. And to river's credit, like we were on like episode five by the time she's able to sit down, yeah. so it was too late. Yeah, like I get that yeah. you can't go that far into a season and just yeah. When there's eight episodes of something, you're probably not gonna like it if you start with episode five. Yeah, but by the way, I finished Love. How like would you think? Ago. I love it. It's really good, right? <laughs> I love Love. So good. And how great was it seeing my neighborhood it all was, over that show? Yeah, I mean, it's like every every single episode. I was just like, I've been there. <laughs> I walked by that. I recognize that. This is the thing people from big cities or who've been in big cities for a long time don't understand. There's a real like sweet, earnest novelty to seeing somewhere you've been in like a real movie or TV show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was watching HBO late one night and this Vincent D'Onofrio and, uh, oh, who I can't remember the other guy in it right now, but. It was a Vincent D'Onofrio movie, and he's playing the Seahawks receiver who gets hit. And oh, so this behind. has to be old if Vincent D'Onofrio is like playing 90s. a wide receiver. Okay, like yeah. 90s or like early 2000s. Because Vincent D'Onofrio has been heavy for at least a decade. Yeah. No, no, he wasn't heavy at this time. <laughs> and, uh, um, oh, 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 God, who is it? Uh, he's the guy, like, he was in the tap dancing movie. Maybe it was tap. <laughs> No. Do I look like a man who has an encyclopedic okay. knowledge of no. tap dancing movies? <laughs> Gregory Hines. Oh, I'm oh, familiar yeah, yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, Gregory Hines. I don't know why the ta- why tap was the first was thing the that, first came thing up that up popped me, into your head. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there watching it late night on HBO. I got back from the bar. I'm kind of drunk and I'm watching it. Like it's 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 entertaining. And then like I'm like, huh, that kind of looks like the McCullough Bridge where I grew up in Coos Bay. They're showing it again. That is the McCullough Bridge. Dude, I used to go swimming there, and I'm watching it like it takes place all down the coast of Oregon, but almost all of it is filmed in Coos Bay, Oregon. That's fantastic. Which I just recognize all the place. I'm like, oh my god! And then I remembered like three fourths of the way through the movie, my mom met Gregory Hines. That's right. She was getting a haircut, and she met Gregory <laughs> Hines. And then she mentioned that Vincent D'Onofrio was in town too, and I don't think she met him, but. I was just like, oh my God. And it was like, it was a thrill. And it was like three in the morning and I wanted to like tell somebody, but it's like three in the morning. Yeah, of course. I can't tell anybody and nobody would care because I'm in Helena, Montana. (laughs) But yeah, it is like a thrill when it's places you've been. It is. It's a genuine thrill. Yeah, like I watch movies in San Francisco and I'm always seeing stuff that I've seen now. And I'm like, ah, I've been there. Now I'm having it with L.A. Peggy Carter, dude. I was watching the second season of Peggy Carter. Echo Park Lake right there. I was just like, there's Echo Park. And they keep showing it. It Keep showing it. Yeah. Yeah. You can even go back because Echo Park used to be where uh, Charlie Chaplin used to film his movies. Um, Buster Keaton filmed movies there. The original Little Rascals were all filmed in the Echo Park Hills. Dude, let me tell you. If you're getting a thrill out of that, go back and watch Lethal Weapon movies. Oh now. fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah dude! Fuck it is yeah. so LA. I needed an excuse to rewatch Lethal Weapon. Yeah, <laughs> we were watching. So um, we've been watching Lethal Weapon the show. I am a fan. I'm officially a fan now. They really got the spirit of the movie into the show. Like I like it a lot. I'm not gonna say I love it yet, but I like it a lot. Like Damon Wayans is like. 
perfect. He's like a different take on. Like I like this Pop, Damon but... Wayans Renaissance. Yeah, me too. It's me because too. his son is so goddamn charming and funny. His son is the funniest. Damon Wayans, Wayans Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the funniest of the Wayans, but it's also made his father retroactively more funny. Yeah, and like Damon Wayans kills it in that show. But um, I was sitting there. My wife went to bed and I was trying to find a movie to watch with River and I've been trying to rewatch stuff and I'm like, why not leave the weapon? I could use something lighter. So that, which is weird, <laughs> to, weird say to say because yeah. it's like he's totally suicidal during it. Riggs is. But yeah, we went and rewatched uh, Lethal Weapon. I didn't even think about Mel Gibson being an asshole once when I watched it. That's like, good. It, Enough time in, has passed. Yeah, it sunk in afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit like eating a whole pizza by yourself. Yeah, it's I finished, great like, while uh, you're doing it, but then instantly the pain sets in. Yeah, what what occurred to me is like when you watch it, um, Danny Glover is so good and Mel Gibson is not great. <laughs> like, which... Is weird because Mel Gibson was the star and he's the one I think everybody wanted to be when you watch that movie. But then when you like, when you sort of like step back and look at it again, Mel Gibson is not good. In my recollection, it's a tale of two stories. The first is like, as an actor, Mel Gibson's not good in that movie. Yeah. But as a movie star, it's harder to find better than Mel Gibson in that movie. Yeah, like that is a fair. movie star performance. It's yeah. not a great acting performance, but it's a great like charisma performance. Yeah, and it's just like so much of that comes like I read that Shane Black uh was twenty three when he when he turned in that screenplay and got paid for Lethal Weapon. That was his first movie he got yeah. a writing credit for was Lethal Weapon. Like nice. and he was twenty three. He's writing about a dude who's like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. Like he just understood all the movie tropes, you know, and, yeah. and was able to use them to like <laughs> great comic effect. But like so much of it, like I look at it now knowing that and I'm like, oh yeah, I could see me writing that when I'm 23 because like they have the scene where like Riggs, you know, he's always talking about suicide and like thinking about it and stuff, putting the gun in his mouth and all that. But the part that really made me think like this was a 23 year old who wrote it was like he hands Murtaugh's daughter a hollow point bullet because it's the one that he's saving for when he kills himself and he hands it to her. He's like... He'll know what I mean. <laughs> like his hands in the bowl. Like that is irresponsible, Deeply dude. Irresponsible. You just not only did you like send this super heavy message through his daughter, but you just handed your daughter an illegal bullet, dude. Yeah. Like a hollow <laughs> point. If she gets caught with a hollow point bullet at any point in history in her pocket, she's like that's a felony, Dunzo. man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a problem. You're done. I don't know that that's a felony. That might be the scotch talking, but it's probably <laughs> it's a felony. It's scotch talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about guns. I'm like a cat playing a keyboard right now. Um, I want to talk. So I'm going to go back to the Stranger Things conversation, partially to say, hopefully by the next time we talk on a podcast, I will have seen it. I'm going to try to talk Hannah, my girlfriend. She loved the show into watching some with me when I go visit her this week. Um, we'll see how that happens. We're also going to be there. I mean, it, that's a detour. I mean, okay. You guys the, are going to the Southwest, right? Uh, no, she's in Arkansas. Oh, Arkansas. I don't know how much of her personal information I want to give away on Yes, yeah, fair enough. In any case, <laughs> regardless of whether I watch it with her or not, I will be watching Stranger Things. But the talking about how River started at the fifth episode reminded me of my current favorite show on TV and the way I first watched it, which is Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta, that's really good. On FX, 
is Danny Glover in Donald Glover or Donald Glover. Yeah. Sorry, I was just talking about <laughs> yeah, lethal, lethal weapon. weapon. It gets in your at head. least I got an excuse this exactly. Time. <laughs> uh, it's so goddamn good for so many reasons, and it's kind of hard to get deep level into it when you guys haven't seen it. So you should watch it just Planning so we can all it. talk about it. It's amazing. But the way we the way I saw it for the first time, I was watching it with my friend Jeff, and uh, we were on the FX Now app. And because it takes like a day for them to load up the full episode and it was the day it premiered and they premiered two episodes. And so we go to the live TV and we think it's just starting. And we see this incredibly intense scene with Donald Glover in a jail cell, which I don't want to spoil too much, but some really heavy shit happens. And there's some really funny stuff, like yeah. sort of dark. I've heard it's funny. a good mix of like light yeah. and dark. There's some really heavy shit that happens. And we're just sitting here watching and we're just like, Mouth, like mouth open agape in awe of what we're seeing we're like holy shit this show's incredible oh my god and we're like this is the beginning and then the credits come and we realized we watched the last five minutes of the second episode <laughs> <laughs> but because then we watched the first episode and the second episode in full and got back to where we started I recommend watching the show that way. Watch the first, the last five minutes of the second episode and then start from the beginning because that's so, the perfect way to experience that show. Have I ever told you guys how I originally saw Fight Club? Oh, no. And we've talked about Fight Club so yeah. much. It used to be a, you know for why? those who don't remember. You know why? stickler for the spoiler thing. Yeah. I don't want people to go through what I did even though it was a great experience because I love Fight Club. But like... For those I who don't remember, Biggs used to anytime anyone two episodes about don't spoiling Fight Club. Yeah, exactly, and he would bleep over. We never bleep anything. He would bleep over the fight the uh, spoilers for Fight Club. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is my origin story with Fight Club, I guess. So I was at, I was at a friend's house, and he was already watching Fight Club, and so I sat down with him, and all I'd seen from the commercials, it looked like a garbage movie. It just looked like a mindless action movie. Could not be more wrong. And I went back and watched the commercials, and I'm like, I don't know why I thought that. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm bringing what I know about the movie now to it. But I sit down to watch it, and it's right from the scene in the truck where there's the explosives there. Mm. And I don't mean the beginning. I mean, no, they're, you mean, yeah. they're pretty well oh, done. So in the movie. basically within 30 seconds, I find out that, uh, you know, right. <laughs> I find out the ending of the movie. But I went back and you watched met the movie it at a very like, strange wow. time in your so life. So I have this weird thing of like I've introduced four different people to Fight Club. And watched it with them, and I just get this vicarious thrill out of like watching them see the turn when they find out the twist at the mm -hmm. end. And it's just purely because I never got that because I was introduced <laughs> yeah. with the twist. Oh. Still a great movie. Well, that's the thing about twist movies is like I've sort of taken this stance on spoilers generally for a very long time, but more like strictly recently, which is for me personally, I don't care about spoilers because if knowing yeah. what happens truly ruins the movie, it's not that good a movie. Yeah. And the example I always yeah. give is fight club and Sixth sense. Yeah. It's better to watch it the first time, not knowing the twist, but if finding out the twist keeps you from enjoying it, that means the movie was not well made because I've seen fight yeah. club a shitload. There was a period in like my sophomore year of high school where I watched that movie Every night. Yeah. Now, thankfully, I've grown since then. I still have a fondness for the movie. <laughs> it's, a, but, it's a great movie. Though. And I love it for different reasons now than I did then. But like a movie like that, the way I always I, I try to explain it is any movie you've seen more than once 
you're seeing with spoilers. Yeah. And if you love it, it's because spoilers aren't that goddamn important. So internet, let's not be so uptight about spoilers. Oh. Like it's fair are in we conversation. Even that, that uptight about it anymore? Some people I feel are. like yeah. some yeah. people are. I feel super like when we started the podcast, it was like people like people were literally telling me they went listen to the show because we were mm-hmm. recapping shows, and so we were like trying to tow the line but not even tow it anymore nobody cares like it seems like people have gotten past it i feel like the only time i care is like and it had i haven't had a show like that for a while but like breaking bad Mm -hmm. hit a point where it was like i wasn't able to catch it till the second or third showing and then i would like flip on facebook and somebody just gave the big thing that happened away like in one second and i'm like Oh, I forgot not to get on yeah. Facebook. Like and I with was, TV Mike Emmentrout's thing. Yeah, at the end was ruined for me getting on Facebook, and I was legitimately pissed at that. And but like with for TV the most shows, part, it's kind of different than movies in that like TV shows, you're also investing a lot of time in over yeah. a long yeah. period of time. So like, of course, I'm I'm not saying like anyone who says please don't spoil me is an idiot. What I'm saying is like there's a happy medium. Like for a show yeah. like ours, where we say up top, hey, we're gonna spoil some stuff. It's fair game, and then everyone to relax a little like not every uh, not everything's a spoiler like if you look at an internet forum about like movies or tv shows and you're like oh my gosh i had no idea this like d-list uh, actor who's been a guest star in three other tv shows i really liked is in it that's really exciting someone's like that's a spoiler and it's like really it's a spoiler <laughs> that an actor's spoiler. in it we're not telling you anything so yeah. there's a, there's definitely a happy medium to be there's found. also like like okay like if you're talking about Taxi Driver, for example, that's one that like I would not give away. Like we've talked about it many times, and I like reference the mm-hmm. scene at the end, but I wouldn't give away that because we don't want to give away that he is a literal ghost, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, and he's always wearing red. That's right, right. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. No, uh, I don't give that away because it is a twist that there's no way you could see coming, mm-hmm. and if there's no way you could see it coming. I don't think it's fair to necessarily spoil that. Yeah. Like with the plot. Like Fight Club, for example, you can see coming if you like pull the strands together. But you really have to operate. But you really have to operate on a high level to put that together. Yeah, and I want to be clear, like I'm not trying to give people like especially assholes on the internet permission to go around trying to spoil stuff. What you're talking about, like like cameos and stuff, that's ridiculous. Like I remember somebody getting mad at me for spoiling the the cameo that uh, Bill Murray has in yeah. Zombieland, and now they're mad at me again. Yeah. yeah, but like that's ridiculous because like yeah, it was a surprise in the theater, but guess what? That was a while ago, and it doesn't give away anything. For yeah, the it plot. doesn't yeah. change the plot. It's of just the movie a at all. funny like two minutes of the movie. Yeah, you know, like that's ridiculous. Like in the sixth sense at the end, yeah, I could understand being mad about that in the nineties. But but it's now, been a while it's since been a while. the 90s. And let's use the Sixth Sense. And it's not a great movie yeah. either. Let's also use the, let's use Usual Suspects as an example. Okay. And I won't specifically spoil it, which is sort of killing my own argument. But there is, of course, a reveal in that movie. Now, if you go into the movie knowing the reveal, it's still an entertaining movie. Obviously, if you're seeing it yeah. for the first time, you'd prefer not to. So, again, I'm not trying to tell people, like, go out of your way to spoil stuff. What I'm saying is, is if, like, you happen to find the spoiler... It's not the end of the world. Like if you still th- like if you think you're going to enjoy the usual suspects, and you know there's some sort of twist or reveal, but you don't know what it is, and then somehow you find out what it is, 
still give the movie a chance. Like, don't give up on something yeah. just yeah. because it's been spoiled for Some, you. It's sort of my larger point. It's like, if yeah. something is spoiled, that doesn't mean it's ruined. But going back to your point, and I might be saying something controversial here, like you said, if you spoil something and, uh, you you know, like you can't watch mm-hmm. the movie or whatever, like it wasn't that great of a movie, I got to say, like, when I watched The Usual Suspects, it was a little bit sleepy for me. And mm-hmm. then it hit the end, and I was like, oh, wow. But when you rewatch it, at least me, mm-hmm. that movie doesn't really hold. Like, the end is still super cool, but, like, it's sure. not a great movie I mean, up it's to been end. a while since I've seen Usual Suspects. It gets sort of too using much credit because of the end. No, but I, As, I'm like, just, a generic idea yeah, of a movie. With but I'm story. trying to bolster your case yeah. at the beginning because I do think The Usual Suspects gets too much credit because mm-hmm. of its ending. Totally. Because if you watch it without the ending, it's, like, it's not a great movie. Yeah. And there's something... Fuck it, I'm gonna spoil it. Like Kaiser Soze is, is Kevin Spacey's character, mm-hmm. right? Verbal kid like, is Kaiser. There's Soze. something about that movie that it's like, it's I don't like it when you watch a movie and they have a twist and there's no way to arrive at that twist, hmm. but like they're giving you information that's false. Like it's the it's the following the unreliable narrator. Yeah. Lie to your characters, not your audience, unless yeah. it's a part of the thing. Like with. Mr. Robot, like Mr. Robot, which by the way, you guys should watch or, um, another great example is Memento. Like the, the unreliable narrator works is because the, the narrator is also unreliable to themselves. Yeah. And the thing with Memento is they let you know on front street that this dude doesn't know what the hell's going Mm -hmm. on. So he's an unreliable narrator because of his condition. Yeah. And there's no way that he even like he, like you said, he's fooling himself. That's part of what makes it such a great movie in the editing and everything. But um, yeah, The Usual Suspects is just like the rest of the movie. There's not like a really any memorable scene but the end. Yeah. I mean, there's a memorable image, which is like all of them lined up. Yeah. But, yeah. but there's that's not also a memorable. The poster, yeah, it's so also it's the like... which is why it's the memorable image. <laughs> yeah. It's shit. It's not just the poster. It's Brian Singer's production company logo. It's, <laughs> it's them yeah, all lined it's, up. It's also a, a trope already before that movie came mm-hmm. out. That was a trope of totally. like having people lined up in a in a lineup like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just and that's not the shit on the usual suspects. Like I liked it, but dude, I can't like it's boring when you rewatch yeah. it, especially when you know the twist. It's just like well, everything I'm watching for the first hour and 20 minutes is bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's all bullshit. So of it's course. Like, yeah. yeah. My Basically, I want to sum up my, my, my point about spoilers for the audience for this. It's basically like, let's all be a little chill about this. Don't go out of your way to spoil stuff. But if it gets spoiled, don't be crazy about it. Like, it's fine. It's fine. We're talking about movies and TV, and I love them more than I love most things. But... At the end of the day, it's a story. And a good story you'll want to hear again and again, even if you know how it ends. Okay. I want to hit this one last thing. This isn't news at all, but I came across this and I dug it. And so I wanted to see see how you guys feel about it. But So this is the top 10 deadliest Hollywood movies according to Go Compare. Oh, this boy. This is like a website. Okay. Where you compare things, so presumably. They counted on-screen deaths. I have no idea how this is compiled okay. or if it's real. That was going to be my not. first question. Is this movies with a lot of deaths in them or movies peop- a lot of people died making? A lot of people 
did not die making these. Okay, uh, great. It was a lot of people on screen dying. Gotcha. So every movie if, about the Holocaust. Okay. So I want to see if you guys can guess any of the top ten here. Finding Nemo. <laughs> I'm serious about this. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna guess. Well, okay. So my guess is sort of hard because it's really three movies in one. Yeah, but I throw in three. Uh, it's it's sort of. I'm guessing one of these three will be on. Okay. There. A Lord of the Rings movie has got to be on there. Okay. Right? Uh, Are we not finding out yet? Yes. There's a Lord of the Rings movie yes. on there. Nailed it. I'm so smart. I'm the smartest <laughs> man in the world. You did. Yeah. Terminator Two. Okay. See, I don't think you're thinking big enough, Brandon. Yeah, you got to think Let me just throw this scale. out. Like, it's got to have giant battles. It's yeah. not enough for just somebody slaying people. Like, we're talking. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I will I, tell you. See, I would count, like, number 10 has Armageddon one. nuclear war is killing a lot of people. Right. So, But it, is it on screen that we're seeing? That? Yeah, well, you on screen deaths. I mean, mountains of dead bodies. That's true. Okay, so here's number <laughs> Literal 10. Literal mountains of number dead 10, bodies. Number 10, 1,019 deaths in number 10. Number 10. Okay, um, so we know there's at least one Lord of the Rings movie yeah. on there. Uh, Save it private, Saving Private Ryan on there? Okay. I, I'm just getting oh, we're you just guys throwing guesses, this out? then we'll go 10 to 1. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let's think a little more. I'm guessing there's got to be like some... There's got to be like some loose cannon cop movie on there. What? No. No. no? Okay. <laughs> nope, not at all. I mean, you're talking tens of deaths. Oh, well, I was thinking like a loose cannon. Plus, they're also fighting a bad guy who's killing a lot of people. I was sort of thinking between yeah. The, yeah, the two sides. Once again, bottom bar is 1,019. You make a great point. <laughs> so basically, what are the bloodiest war movies? <laughs> all right, Brandon, you want to throw out at least like one or two more? You got anything off the top of your head? I know I'm just throwing this out of the yeah. blue, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm gonna think I didn't give myself a chance to guess, so we'll never know. I fight clubbed myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to think of one more great guess. One more. Hmm. This is awesome. Do you want me to start counting this off as yeah, you guys let's go? Do let's do it. And if you can think of anything before I get to the end. Because okay. someone might jog something loose. Number 10 from 2012, The Avengers. That's the 1019. So I, I'm guessing battle in New York. All but the here's the thing. Where's this figure coming from? Because like, I don't know. We have like, like you I said, definitely I don't, don't see 1,119 deaths or 1,019 deaths, whichever it is. Maybe they're estimating buildings. Right. But don't they make a specific point in the dialogue that they're clearing and evacuating buildings? I don't think they do. They the do Avengers. for sure. They absolutely do. Do they? Yeah. 100%. Okay. Tony Stark scan. Like, yeah, that happens. This seems bullshit already. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just, I'm just reading it off. Stupid go compare.com. Okay. Number nine, 1995's Braveheart. Oh yeah. For 1, sure. For sure. That belongs there. I know a lot of those are cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Number eight. From 2014, The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies, 1,417. Yep. How would you like to be the schlub who's counting this? I'd love to. I bet they get (laughs) awesome paychecks. (laughs) Number seven, from 2003, The Matrix Revolutions, 1,647. Was that the third one? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's Matrix Revolutions. They have a big battle, so they probably estimated how many people were in the battle. Plus, there's like, what, 150 Mr. Smiths that die? Yeah, there's a lot of them, (laughs) man. 
All right. Uh, <laughs> number six, Lord of the Rings, Two Tower from 2002, 1,740. Tolkien is going to dominate this list. I can already tell. Uh, we finished. Nope, there's one more. Never mind. Okay. I was, was going to say the third one's <laughs> got to be up there. Yeah, you are correct. At number five, 300 Rise of an Empire, 2,234. Yeah. These are all recent, dude. Yeah. No wonder people were getting that fatigue from yeah. like the big city. Like what, after we watched Man of Steel, I was like, "What's people's big deal?" It's like a superhero, and I'm looking at this list, and I'm like, "Oh, this is with the exception of Braveheart. This shit's all from the 2000s." Wow. Yeah, and Braveheart isn't that far off. It's like 95. Okay, number four, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, 2,798. That's a lot of. That's deaths, a lot man. of deaths. Okay, I didn't see this one, but I know the subject matter, so I have a feeling a city got blown up. Uh, 2002's The Sum of All Fears, 2,922. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number two from 2014. I did see this movie and it was staggering. Dracula Untold, 5,687. Okay. I'm not sure what's more staggering. 5,687 or that you saw Dracula Untold? (laughs) My wife wanted to see it. I didn't know anything about it. I was just like, yeah, right. It sounds like a horror movie. It was not. (laughs) (laughs) It was not at all. What I found out, what I didn't know at the time, what nobody knew at the time except for Universal executives, is that this this is the start of their Universal Monsters Mm -hmm. universe. Which that not was a, a great start. Big avoid for me from the word go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're not excited for the Tom Cruise mummy movie? Actually, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> Russell. I think Russell Crowe's playing Van Helsing in in that as well to like tie it into vampire stuff. There's weird shit going. I on. I can't. I can't express the excitement I have of Tom Cruise running from a mummy. <laughs> This is the first I've heard. Oh any yeah, of it. man! It's, it is. It is the best told secret. That like is supposed to be known by everybody. Like yeah. Universal just can't stop telling people, and, and people just can't stop going. What it is? It's in one ear, out the other. As we're talking about this, the this part of the podcast is just being deleted. This is all white noise <laughs> to everyone listening. I had to check because we've deleted twice. So. <laughs> Maybe Universal caught on. Okay, and number one. You guys will never guess number one. We've gone through nine of them. Can you think of anything? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Was there a Teletubbies movie? Uh, I have no idea, but okay. it's not Teletubbies. You sure? Teletubbies yeah, the movie? I'm, I'm Superman. Superman? Man of Steel? Man of Steel. Okay. Give me one last guess. I would not have gotten this in a hundred years. But seeing the clip that they threw up, like mm-hmm. the still to explain it, I'm like, oh. Gangs of New York. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, 83,871 on screen deaths. Think about, okay. So all you're giving the Nova me that look. Core just yes, being that is the scene. They showed the Nova Corps. And I remember watching mm-hmm. that in the theater and seeing all of those ships. Yeah. That's still hard to believe over 83,000. There's but. no way 80... Because there wasn't 83,000 ships on... I don't know. I don't know. That's what Maybe. they said. All right, well, let's get ourselves an it's abacus and figure be, this out. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be that Nova Corps battle, though, I mean, right? it has to. Yeah, but... Yeah. There's here's the thing like my contention with this list like I bet it's ballpark it's yeah, almost like, 
some of the movies you know what are they probably did? They talked to, to like the CGI artists exactly. and like how many did you put in? And the guy said it, but like he was probably just guessing. Or here's the thing, they might actually know, but the CGI guy was like, Oh yeah, I put eighty three thousand people in there, but that doesn't mean those like a lot of those eighty three thousand were cut from the movie entirely. Yeah. Or like the same people over and over in different shots, just animate like who knows where these numbers are coming from? Because I have a hard time believing somebody sat down and counted 83,000. Dude, and that, we were talking about the Batman villains versus the Superman villains. You're talking about like what? Somewhere around 2,800 versus 83,000. That is a fucking jump. That's incredible. And here's the main reason I think. And that's the lightest of the 10 movies. That's the most (laughs) family friendly. Maybe I'm just like so numb to violence. It didn't bother me. But holy shit, <laughs> Groot must wow. have been a, a hell of a serial killer. Yeah, dude. right? Because <laughs> here's the main reason I don't buy that number. I don't believe a chant. I don't believe for a second that someone counted 83,000 on screen. I don't either. There's no way somebody sat down and did that. I would have stopped before I hit 10,000, let alone 83. I'm just going to go on record saying I don't want to do something that feels good 83,000 times. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I'm not convinced I want to wake up 83,000 times. <laughs> if I can sleep through a handful of days every now and then. I think you only have a couple years left on your lifespan, if that's true. You're right. I take it back. I take it back instantly. Yeah, 30's not as bad as people say it is. I promise you. <laughs> they give you a gold watch. I actually you get to go on tool for the shit. Because I was not good at being a teenager. I'm pretty mediocre at being in my 20s. I'm going to rule at being in my 30s and 40s. Yeah. I'm going to be an awesome 40-something. Dude. Oh, dude, at age 20, you were acting like we were in our 30s. So I feel like you're going to really enjoy those I'm things. definitely aging into my personality. You're going to be a very old 80-year-old. <laughs> you're going to be chasing Tom Cruise is what's going to happen. All right. Do you, anything else to bring up before we cut it off? I just have one thing. You guys have really let me down while I've been away. Oh, yeah? Respect the goddamn outro. <laughs> <laughs> I got news for you because we don't have it in our ears. We started the outro like 30 seconds oh, ago. Oh, goddamn it. Way to go, Zach. I didn't respect it. I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable. But I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A not safe for network podcast. You take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt just liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on it because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. 
when Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not Some right. And the characters pick off. up on it right away and they lock him away. <laughs> you know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache. And when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. <laughs> like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, yeah, I'd be that punching about getting salmonella punching that bag. I think he might have given that punching bag salmonella. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.